insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Glovebox. God, I love Glovebox. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Saraland, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome my friend and great American, Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? You brought back the stand and welcome. Got to. Bradley, how are you today? I'm great, man. How are you? Best I've ever been. Bradley, I've got the most unbelievable story that you've ever heard in your entire life to tell you this morning. Okay. I'm on my, the edge of my seat. I was selected, asked by one of our sponsors, the AC, mm. who I protect insurance as a member of, to be the master of ceremonies at their conference last week. And it was a big deal. Good choice. About 500, 400, 500 people there. I think 500 there. And some of those were vendors, family members, because it was in Orlando. It was, it was at SeaWorld at the mm-hmm. Renaissance Hotel right outside of SeaWorld. Which meant about 300 people missed their flight. Correct. Because Orlando Airport sucks. In fact, I, first thing I did when I walked in, and I'll get to that in a second, Nicholas Ayers was there and uh, walked in and he said, missed my flight. But <laughs> <laughs> literally, I'd been in the hotel for maybe three minutes. So I'm thinking to myself, hey, look, this is a fantastic opportunity. I'll take my wife down there. We won't have any kids, so it won't be a field trip. It'll actually be kind of a working vacation. Mm -hmm. I prepared. I went over everybody's bio. I wrote down a bunch of notes, what I wanted to say per each session, and thought it went really well. Well, then the train went off the tracks. Let me tell you all what happened. And nobody knows this. You guys are the very first people to hear this story. This is unbelievable. My anxiety level always raises a little bit when he says this is unbelievable. The week before last Wednesday, when we flew down there, I had my 15 year old son. Wyatt is his name. Great kid. Good kid. Don't want any more kids, but he's a good kid. (laughs) And I'm his full-time Uber driver when he's with me because he's not 16 yet. So he's got baseball practice, high school baseball practice, uh, travel ball practice, all this stuff, right? And he's with me for that week. And the whole week he's with me, he's sneezing and coughing. But you know how kids are, Bradley. You've got two of them at the house, and you got one that's kind of white's age, a little bit younger. You know how kids get – they get to sniffles or a sneeze or cough, and, hell, it just doesn't affect them. I mean, Nothing will stop you in your tracks more than a sick kid. I'm telling you, but you know, he's sneezing and coughing, but every time I ask him about it, he's like, oh, it's just allergies. Ain't no big deal. Let's go to practice. Let's go here. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I don't, I don't think anything about it. I think, well, it's just allergies. We drop him off at high school. The morning we get on the plane to go to Orlando. When my wife, Kim and I land in Orlando, Florida, we go to the hotel. The AC reception has just started. It's like six o'clock at night. I still have on. The clothes I had on the airplane, and I've got my carry-on bag, a Nike or I think Adidas bag on my shoulder, and I'm literally just walking through the conference. Haven't even checked into the hotel yet. Walking through the conference, shaking everybody's hand. Proud to be here. Glad to be here. Proud of y'all. Thank you for having me. Talking to everybody, trying to meet and greet people. Finally, I said, look, guys, I'm going to go up and check in my room. I hadn't even gotten in my room yet. 
my wife and I get up to my room, our room for the weekend. Now I'm going to work in the mornings and then she and I are going to, you know, go out and do some stuff in the afternoons. I get up to the room, Bradley. And I, have you ever gotten sick and you feel it coming on, but you don't know what it's going to be, but you know, mm-hmm. something's wrong. Yeah. I get what I think is vertigo. When I stand up, I get the spins. Like I've, like I've drank too much and I haven't drank a drop, had done anything that would cause this to happen. I just go lay down on the bed and I go to sleep, wake up at two o'clock in the morning, got my clothes on from being in the airport. Never, never brush my teeth, never take a shower. And I just, I just keep thinking to myself, okay, this is just some little thing and it's going to get better. It's going to get better. I get up at 2 a.m. I take a shower. I brush my teeth. I'm standing there. I'm like, my God, I, I don't even think I could get to the bed right now. I may have to sleep on the tile floor in the bathroom, right? I go back to bed. I get up at 5.30 because I had to do sound check at 6.30 in the morning with those guys. And I'm running a little bit late because of what I'm about to tell you. I go in the bathroom and I think, my God, it's getting worse. What am I going to do? I may not even be able to go down to the lobby to do any of this. I may just have to stay in a hotel room and get somehow go to go to the hospital. That's like the worst thing in the world. Not only being sick away from home, but when you have something to do. Right. That you've got to do. There is no getting out of this. Here's where it gets worse. My wife gets sick, but instead of the vertigo, she gets this upper respiratory infection, can't get out of bed. I start slapping myself in the face in front of the mirror in the bathroom, like Scott, pull it together, pull it together, pull it together. I get dressed, I go downstairs, I drink three cups of coffee. Everybody's eating breakfast at a conference room and everybody's, you know, that you're proud to be there and they're excited. And it's almost like I, when you're hungover and you're just taking all these steps to like yeah, get yourself going, back. you know, it's like, right. It's like you got an old go-kart engine. You're having to put sea foam and all, all that kind of stuff in, try to get I, it going, you know? Bradley, I'm in the elevator going downstairs, open open elevator, glass elevator going downstairs, and I think, by God, blood bleeder blister, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this off. I don't care what I have to do. I put on the smiley face, and I just tell myself, it don't matter. I got to do it. I got to do it. So I, nobody at that conference knew anything was wrong with me. I shook hands with everybody. I talked to people. I did the MC for all the you know people that were speaking. I, I introduced all of them. And then both days, as soon as it was over around noon, I would go grab like a really quick bite to eat because I had anything to eat much. And I would run back up to the room and just get in bed. And so the conference is over Friday afternoon. And my wife and I just drug ourselves down to the swimming pool because they had a really nice pool there. And I thought it'd be nice to go down. Well, it's hot and we're both sick. So it's awful, right? It's awful to lay out by a pool when you're sick. Saturday morning, we're still there. We're not going to leave till Sunday because I had all this stuff planned. I was going to take her over to Disney World and let her see the Magic Kingdom. She'd never seen the Magic Kingdom. You were going to go to Disney World. I wasn't going to go in. I was just going to buy a ticket and let her go to the (laughs) castle or look at the castle. But I wasn't going to go ride the rides. Can't do that because we can barely get out of bed. I flipped the lights on at 8 o'clock. Also, Disney would have shot you if they found out you were sick. Probably. (laughs) I flipped the lights on at 8 o'clock in the morning and I said, that's it. We're going to the hospital. I found a quick care place two miles away called paramount quick care we go over there i have a double ear infection she has this upper respiratory thing they give us steroid shot they give us uh, a z-pack and all this other stuff i thought i was going to die and not one single person from the ac ever knew anything was wrong that's my story you powered through damn did showed up (laughs) showed out 
<laughs> I'm still getting emails. My God, what a great job you did. I thought if you only knew. Imagine if you'd have been healthy. If you only knew how sick I was. Well, everybody that went to the ACs conference, if you're wondering why you have that ear infection, I'm kidding. I'm joking. Yeah, no. If you're wondering why Scott only talked to you for four minutes and looked like he was about to damn die, it's probably because I was. But, yeah, guys, we've got a great podcast for you today. I am so humbled and blessed to have our guest on today, and here's why. Number one, I consider her a friend of mine. She is very, very, very good at what she does, and I've known her for quite some time. We've had some offline conversations, things I've never told people before. And she is just a shooting star in this industry. I've always said, wouldn't matter where she's at or what she's doing. People like her leave a resume and a trail of success wherever they go. And she's one of those people. Okay. So I want to give her the introduction that she has always deserved. Ladies and gentlemen, she is originally from Cleveland, Ohio, and she currently resides in Columbus, Ohio. She is married to the ruggedly handsome Ian. Of two cats, and her favorite band is Fleetwood Mac, one of my favorites as well. She was the director of sales for Smart Harbor, which was formerly the shipyard. She's also worked for Safe Chain as the director of sales and and, and also assisted with processing legislation for a United States senator. That's a big deal. There's not many people that get that opportunity to work for a United States senator. And if you do, that tells me you have a resume of success. Currently, she is the director of sales and customer success for Agency Zoom, powered by Vertifor. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you first-time guest on the IGP, my friend, Miss Catherine Turnus. How are you, Catherine? Very good. Also, I want to call out, I have listened to this so many times, and we have been friends now for years, and we talk to each other all the time. I did not know, and I want all the listeners to know that you regurgitate that intro live every single time. Every time. It's live. None of that was recorded. None of it's like ahead of time. I thought you just played the, at least, you know, the six foot three handsome man that he is. I thought that was just like a thing. The best thing ever, Kat, is when we have someone, and this happens from time to time, we have someone come on the podcast who's not in the circle and is not a listener. (laughs) And they don't know about it. And they're sitting here and it's like, oh, uh," you can kind of see their eyes go, oh, 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 like, wow, this is, you know. And uh, so that's one of my favorite things to do is is lock eyes with them when they're listening to Scott shout from the mountaintops. Kat, we, we have got so much to talk about today and our mission, my mission every day. This has been your mission for a long time. I mean, a long, long time is to just help insurance agents any way you can. And one of the things I love the most about you, you're very honest, you're very open, you're very available, at least to myself and, and other people that I know that probably that against close her to will. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> probably. Text me a lot and it's, it's not. You have been an integral part of the agency Zoom success story. And by the way, I still don't have my T-shirt that says, we sold agency zoom for millions of dollars and all Scott got was a shitty t-shirt. I'm waiting on that. So tell your co-founders come off some of that money and get me my t-shirt and a three X and I'll wear I, it. I almost made you one. Cause the sale was really close to your birthday. Right. I almost made you an God awful ugly one with like puffy paint, you know, back in the nineties, how there's like that 3d puffy paint. 
I almost made you one with puffy paint, send it down to you just to be a pain in the butt, you know? Well, before we move off the topic, you know, agency zoom doesn't pay me a dime. They don't pay Bradley a dime. I want to tell all of our podcast listeners and, and I am getting ready to release another podcast with myself and Justin Miller. I try to do this about every six to nine months because technologies change and we change what we do in our agency from time to time. But I want everybody to know our agency utilizes agency zoom and we have for some time. Now I'm blessed to have a guy like Justin Miller on my team. That is probably about as good as anybody you've ever met in setting up automations being able to maximize agency zoom to the way that it needs to be maximized. I think we're pro I'm probably blessed to have that because Absolutely. if you don't have that person in your agency that can really wrap up with Zapier connections and, and all this different stuff, it, it can be very daunting, but I wanted to ask you what changes have come down the pipeline for all these agents that do utilize agency zoom since you guys have joined forces with vertifor is it just the same as it was uh positive changes so far around release notes so in a world of to your point like agency zoom is a chunk of a product right and things come out and we're constantly putting out new releases just the concept of release notes that you guys actually know what's happening you understand right. what impacts you you make those decisions to me, that was a level of thorough that as a startup, we were foregoing. We were like, right. ah, to hell with it. I'll just. That wait. was something I always noticed. And I always, it, it kind of worked to your advantage, I think a little bit, because, you know, when a new feature comes out, everybody jumps on it and starts using it. And a lot of times breaks it mm -hmm. versus that stuff coming out word of mouth. It kind of allows people to get in and you can kind of see the bugs without 800 people using it. But then the flip side of that's true too. There was times where I would be like, man, it'd be great if agency zoom had this feature and 18 people tell me, oh yeah, they started doing that two weeks ago. Yeah. And I didn't know, yeah. you know, right. Yeah. Or the amount of times someone like Justin Miller, like sends me a text and is like, it'd be really nice if agency zoom would do this. Scott would stop sending me all these dumb videos every day. Right. asking why it doesn't. I'm like, oh, Justin didn't mean to clog up your inbox with all those unnecessary texts from Scott. And it's been doing that for a month now. Right. So yeah, they, I, I think that like level of thorough, the level of bugs and QA that we go through now being part of a large organization is, is the standard we had to hold ourselves to at this point. We have thousands and thousands and thousands of agencies on the platform. We couldn't run around like chickens with our heads cut off anymore. So that was just having a process in place there is something we wouldn't have grown into. Mm -hmm. It's not where we would have put human capital behind, but Vertifor has been able to do. And then, and this is a huge thanks to Bradley and Justin. Hanley, Hanley has been lovely about it. Matt and Amoli yeah. have been great. There's a lot of teams that have helped us build yep. the service center. Right. We Bradley's team has been using it since yep. July of last year. And I'm not saying thoroughly using it since July because it was not ready in July of last year. You know, I needed feedback in every nook and cranny, but Vertifor got us across the finish line on that. They helped us improve our connectivity into all of the different AMSs. So that service center worked, whether you're on now certs and Hawksoft or whether you're on QQ or AMS 360, Right. like you guys chose to integrate. We yeah. want to maintain those integrations. You have to be good at those too. Like we're going to offer mm -hmm. service. It better be damn good. So they helped us get across the finish line on that. And we're rolling that out right now 
Bradley, to your point, like one of the things we've learned is taking it to different cohorts of users. We can't right. dump it to the masses, but we started with our mid-size agencies. Then we went down a level and took it to some smaller teams. Um, and now we have it up one more layer again, and we're taking it to some of the bigger teams now. So I've got a question for both you and Bradley. This is going to be a tag team answer. And, and all I do every day, I'm no different than the 36,000 independent agents and the 100,000 captive agents that are out there. I do the same things they do every single day. For those agents out there right now that are channeling themselves through me, what is the service center really giving you? when you go, cause I, I don't think I've even been on the service center to look at it. And either one of you both can answer that, but what's the service center part of agency zoom doing for you? For me, it's being able to track all the service activities. Okay. That's the, to know exactly what's going on in my agency at a high level and at a granular level. But right. then also, you know, because we have a bunch of agency bill, there's a lot of, every time you touch an agency bill account in South Alabama, any account more than $500 in premium, you're going to have to touch it about 10 times every time you look at it. Right. And so to have all those steps built out with automated tasks and that sort of thing. And it also what it does, because we heavily utilize VAs and remote employees, you know, we were using fresh desks for ticketing and then we tried to go to Asana and we were really kind of all over the place. Well, because agency zoom is integrated with our AMS. Now all of that is kind of brought in the same system so we can correlate it to an account. That's really what it is for me, you know, gotcha. and it's, and it's funny, like it's, and I've been guilty of this too. I mean, I've looked at the HubSpots. I mean, I was this close to moving to HubSpot before service pipeline came out because right. I wanted that. And I, you know, I've looked at the HubSpots and I've looked at the sales forces and but many of, you know, I went round and round and round with Varuna until I decided that I just hated them. And I've tried to reinvent the wheel. And, you know, like we interviewed Jack Hurtvick a couple of weeks ago and he's a, 800 million bajillion dollar agency and he's like oh yeah agency's in and i wanted to like shout from the mountaintops are you listening to this here is a that right. agency that's probably bigger than any of us will ever be and they use agency zoom they don't try to reinvent the wheel right they don't try to go like buy into any other hype anywhere else or anything like like it's this you know don't try to fix what's broken you know what i mean and so, and I've been guilty of that too, and chasing rabbits and shiny object syndrome and all that kind of stuff. You know, I did a panel last week in Cleveland, um, cat was there. And, and one of the things we talked about is like how agents will get so excited to add a technology, but that solves a problem, but really they're playing whack-a-mole because it right. creates another problem over here. Right. You know what I mean? And, and so you, yeah, you solve this, but you, you, you unfix this and we need well, less tech that does more. Right. I think their call out on that is you fix this, you fix something that is a known problem and yeah. you unfix something that is an unknown problem. Yeah. I fix my sales process as an agency owner. I damn well yeah. should know my sales process. I fix my marketing process, but now I've broken something I don't know, which yeah. is technology, which is integrations, which is API or Scott, to your point, Justin's wonderful at it but zapier is a beast in and of itself it is so i fixed handwriting thank you cards but now i have a zapier integration that sends out handwritten thank you cards for me and shit i don't know how to do that like now it's right. broken i don't know what to do so i think that's um one of the things like we keep seeking to fix or make better or make right. great things that we're already doing pretty well 
Right. And we don't prioritize what's the most necessary thing and then how much ambiguity and how many unknown problems we cause for ourselves that are then outside the scope. It's like, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm a sales guy. I'm a agency owner. I'm not a technologist. Yeah. And we, I think all three of us have like riffed about that before, you know, how often agency owners think like, oh, I, I've solved this mental problem. We just need APIs. Like, yeah. no, <laughs> you don't, like you don't, yeah. you wouldn't the first thing to do with them anyway. Yeah. So what I want to do right now, Kat, before we move off of agency zoom for a second here in a minute, cause I've got bigger fish to fry with you. <laughs> you know, I tell my people here all the time and I protect insurance and agents from all across the country. I have to remind them sometimes myself and my people here in our agency and Bradley and his team and all of the agents and the people that are listening to this podcast right now and yourself. We are in insurance every single day, every day. It's what we do. We either we're talking about it. We're talking to clients, prospects, employees, team members, other agency owners. It's all we do. So insurance to us is just always on the front of our mind constantly, constantly. And we forget how much the general public hates insurance. Okay. (laughs) There is nobody in America today. Nobody, not one person that wants to call an insurance agency office and give them $600 for something that they probably may not even ever use. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. Well, so out of the, out of the gate, you're already at a disadvantage because this son of a bitch is about to call your office to pay his auto and homeowners bill. And he's already like, shit, I can't believe I got to call and give these some bitches $387 today. This is, this is unbelievable. The point that I'm trying to make to you, Kat, is I think there's probably a lot of agents listening to this right now, today, that in their mind, if, if I'm them, they're going, I don't even know what freaking agency Zoom is. Like, what the hell is that? Because Bradley and I are balls deep in it. We use it. Other people use it that are listening to this, but there's also a lot of people listening to this that have no idea what it is. So go ahead, tell them what it is. So I'm going to get a slap on the wrist and I love Sid Rose. So I'll take it. Me too. I love her too. She's wonderful, but I'll, I'll take, again, I'll take it for layman's terms. If we start with the concept of a CRM, that's it gets us down the right path and Sid won't hit me so hard and she's a triathlete and I'm going to get killed. So we got, we got to put that in there that it is, I'm going to say a lightweight CRM. In the I, category. Yeah, it's in the category. So if you're exploring CRM, you should look at agency Zoom. What I challenge every single agency that I talk to, so like you guys, and when we get into some of these other people that we're all friends with and have great relationships with and really make the most of it, is it's an employee enablement software. Like that. A a CRM, you think about Salesforce or even HubSpot, when you buy it off the shelf or you get their free version, you sign into that software and you stare at it. Right. And then you go to your contacts tab and then you go to your deals or opportunities. It's like a year before you actually start using it. Exactly. What agency Zoom does is we've turned what would be a CRM into an insurance specific CRM so that Mm -hmm. we... We already know what's the hierarchy, what's more important, mm-hmm. a policy or a person, an account or a person. We've already taken all of that architectural disaster that can come from big CRMs and built it into insurance. And then what we've done is we've removed that analysis paralysis. I'm like, the reason you come into a CRM isn't to stare at Scott Howe's name 
Right. Justin Miller makes most of the decisions and that all decisions are made off of Charlie and Betty, his dogs, you know, getting right. to take dinners. Like that's, that's not what I want to stare at. I want to call and talk to Justin. Right. Call and get a hold of Scott. I want to see what Bradley's doing. Oh, he's up in Cleveland at this conference. Like I want to do something. I don't go in my CRM to read a novel. I have a bookshelf for that. I want right. to do something. And that's why I challenge everyone to think of an employee enablement software first. And if you say, I want to enable my VAs to be connected to the rest of my agency, I want to enable my Mm -hmm. CSRs to be more efficient with certificates of insurance or surplus renewals. I want to enable my salespeople to have three calls after they've quoted someone as the proper follow-up because that's our customer journey. That's agency Zoom. Right. And that's where we excel like far beyond the main market CRMs because we're already insurance specific and we're laser focused on enabling the employees in an agency's office. So let me tell you what we do here. Okay. And I'm in no way saying that this is what everybody should do because everybody's different. Every agency's different and you need to do the things the way you feel like they need to be done in your agency as an agency owner. In our agency, what we do with agency Zoom is it is our prospecting database and it is our, I would say, after the sale client experience, uh, I believe you called it client or customer journey. We utilize it for that. Yep. All policies, client shells, policy documents, signed applications, customer payments, invoicing, all of that stuff is going into what we call, and I freaking hate acronyms, goes back to my days in the Marine Corps. Everything was a freaking acronym, but we use our AMS, Agency Management System, which happens to be Hawksoft for us, for all of that stuff. So what what Agency Zoom allows us to do is it, it allows us to create this unique customer experience through automations for after the sale touches, okay, right. Inclu- including ringless birthday calls and a welcome video from Scott into the iProtect family. And, and then uh, in addition to that, that's agency Zoom is where we're putting in all of our prospect information. And one of the best features that I love the most, and I talked to a lot of agencies last week between nearly dying of what I thought was vertigo. I said, one of the things I love the most about agency zoom is at five zero one PM central standard time every day, Monday through Friday, there is an email that goes out to every team member with iProtect insurance that shows what each producer sold that day. And it creates a little bit of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Accountability and accountability and red ass. Hey, I need to, I need to pick up my pace. This person sold eight, 10,000, 12,000, $20,000 worth of insurance day. And I had a goose egg. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love the fact that through automations, which we have the capability here to do, we can do a lot of stuff on the back end through that customer journey, whether it's a welcome video for, from Scott or a, some, a, something that I want to go out to, to a group of business owners that's some kind of value add. Maybe it's a video about, it could be anything, uh, risk management stuff, uh, safety manuals, or it could be home and auto customer. And we're talking about 
hey, we've identified you as somebody that's got to have an umbrella policy. Mm-hmm. You need to call us. Right. You got a high value house. You need an umbrella. I think right now in our agency today, we've got over 100 policyholders we have identified that we've got to sell an umbrella to. Yep. Yeah, you guys are very active with looking at your in-product filters. Has right. doesn't have that. Has this, doesn't have that. Your class codes, you name it. And just launching a campaign. Like just saying like, what's stopping us from talking to these people about yeah. what we should be talking to them about? And for you guys, like the answer is nothing. Like let's I, I, Mm-hmm. So to your point, I've had multiple conversations about that this week. Yeah. Kat, I have a question. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you talk to a lot of agents, a lot of higher performing agents. You've seen the, this is going to sound bad. You've seen the backside of yeah. a lot of really solid agencies. You've seen, what, the di- you've seen the ditches on both sides of the road. Uh, what do you, what do you, and this is not necessarily an agency zoom question because I don't want this to just be about agency zoom. Like, when you see like a really well-performing agency, like what are you seeing that they are doing differently than everybody else? That might be the best question you've ever asked Bradley on this podcast. (laughs) And if you want to answer it two ways, maybe you could answer it as it relates to their technology and just in general, maybe. Yeah. They just don't take shit. I've got my pen. I've got my pen ready right now and I'll shut up. Go ahead. Yeah, It's just that they don't take shit. Like they don't, they don't have an excuse. Mm -hmm. Scott, love him but he comes up with ten thousand ideas a day he sends all of them to justin and then justin prioritizes them which is good but if we left it to scott to like do all of these things he can't do ten thousand things a day so scott as an intelligent business leader has engineered the person who gets shit done right and it's justin you guys mentioned jack kurtvik jack's super great but he does have a huge team he's a master agency for sia he's got a lot going on but he's right. got somebody that gets shit done and it's Andrew Ryan, like a phenomenal person. So it's this idea that I think a lot of agencies have that like doing nothing is better than doing something wrong. And I don't think that's the case. You might want to start small to eliminate some of the like high risk of how wrong could it go. Mm-hmm. It's the people that at least move. So many of us sit here with indecision and wait for something like, oh, well, I'll, I'll make a different decision after this conference or I'll right. make a decision after mm-hmm. I talk to Bradley and pick his brain about it. And then, you know, Bradley brings up, well, I have to do this, this, and this, being in a lot of ENS and being in surplus and being in Alabama, I have to do it this way. And they're like, oh, that didn't help my indecision. I'll talk to so-and-so next week, more indecision, more indecision. They just move. And again, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't even have to be the most monumental project, but they just move. They just say like, I'm going to tackle this one thing this week. It's mm-hmm. cards. I'm going to tackle this one thing. It's cross-selling all the people that we have home and don't have auto on yeah. and just move. And I think that is a technology problem more than we realize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't normally have technology to be able to move incrementally. Everything exists in all these different places and it's not connected. So then even once we decide we want to move, it's really hard to move. We have cinder blocks on our feet and we can't move. So then it's picking up technology that allows you to move. Mm. So I think it's calm A, calm B. Let me analogize that. <laughs> Please. You read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. Yeah. One of the things in there he talks about is instead of saying, I can't afford something, shift your thinking to how can I afford this? Right. I think what you're trying to say is a lot of these agency owners, instead of throwing their hands up and saying, we can't do that, 
how could we figure out a way to do that? Right. Right. And then implementing that. And then, and then, and whether, then implementing whether, and taking action. What, I can't tell you how many freaking agents call me asking for advice and I give them like stuff I should be charging for. And then a year later, they're like, oh yeah, I didn't do any of that shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I tried to eliminate and I would challenge everybody to like sit there for like two weeks straight and eliminate the phrase. I don't have time mm -hmm. right. vocabulary. And I don't mean that, that you're not busy. I am busy and Bradley texts me at every moment of the day. So I could even think I that send I you the wrong time to record podcasts. Yeah. And then yells at me about it. Yeah. Um, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. So I have a part two to that question. You're mm. I think that, hey, and by the way, before his part two, before his yeah. part two, let me say this. I believe it was the Jack, his last name, Hartvik. Is that, is that how you say it? Hartvik? Hartvik. Hartvik. On the Jack Hartvik podcast, I said almost verbatim what she just said. I visit successful, more successful agencies than mine. I try to two or three times a year. And every time I do, and I can roll the names out for y'all and you'll be like, yeah, they're pretty damn successful. <laughs> the one common denominator I always see when I go in is there is that Justin Miller guy or girl knows her shit front to back. She's the implementer. She's the one that's putting it in place. Well, the visionaries coming up with the idea. Next thing yeah. you know, that shit's getting done. Well, mm -hmm. and they, I think because they're not the one that owns the agency, they can't make the excuse. I don't have time. Right. They begin to say, and they take accountability for it. I didn't make time for that. Right. I, it's not that I don't have time to read. If I watched a TV show, if I took right. a long shower, I had time to read or I had time to listen to an audiobook. I didn't make time. And that'll change your perspective. Not that you have to permanently and forever hold it that way, but it'll make you realize what do you make time for? It's not that you don't mm -hmm. have time. I didn't make time because I slept in an extra hour to go for a run. I don't, I didn't make time in my day to check my email, to answer every single person. I didn't make time in my day that from five to seven o'clock I'm on call with, you know, 20 different agencies. One of them's always going to say something on any given day. Bradley, I got my pen ready for part two. Well, and on that subject too, a lot of us have read the four hour work week. You know, if you want to create a bunch of time for yourself and I did this, leave your agency for a month. Yeah. Don't you'll damn, you'll damn sure see the warts. Come, won't you? I left for two months. Didn't even so much as get on email. The few weeks leading up to that, you start thinking in a different way of like, Oh crap, I have to build a process around this thing. Right. I have to build a process around this thing. Like and one of the, the awesome things that came from that with, with me doing it was, and I'm not perfect by any means was out payroll. Like literally like payroll was one of the biggest tasks that I did. And a lot of agency owners are probably listening to this and, and you agree with that. And now all my bookkeeper does is text me a number that she's about to draft out of my account for pay. And it's all completely, you know, and then, and so not only will you start thinking a different way of, Hey, I need to create a process for this, but things will break while you're gone. And then you create processes. And then the catch is when you come back, you don't take those tasks back over again. Right. And all of a sudden you've just duplicated yourself, you know? Um, so part two of the question is who is someone that we don't know probably that is like, wow, they're running a really good agency. Mm, I love that. And then so all the other insurance podcasts who try to rip this one off can interview them before. Yeah, we they'll be interviewing them but, next week. So, but who is someone that you think about that that's like, man, th these people get no attention whatsoever, and they are running a really good shop. Probably would have been Hurtvik before they yeah. started being interviewed everywhere. 
All right, that's really hard. Because there's, there's 800 Herkvics out there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. probably more than that. I think of three. Yeah, yeah, we'll say three. I think of three that do a really, really good job. And they're all on different agency management systems. They all have different styles. Yep. There's a team in Pittsburgh. He's on Hawksoft, Mike Sharp. It is him and his now assistant who does not work a full week yet. The guy has put up killer, killer numbers, like doing all by himself pretty consistently in a hundred thousand wow. dollar week. Is he just sitting in an office by himself? And until three months ago, his full-time job was he was the sheriff of his county. <laughs> uh, he's done pulled a Scott Howell. So he, he pulls his gun on people and tells them you better mayor, mayor of his village. Yeah, mayor mayor of his village. So like, I just don't think people give him enough credit and he just does it. He just does it. He gets yeah. shit done. And then there's a team and I think they wait, have- wait, wait. His name's Mike Sharp. Mike Sharp out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. As a Shout out to you, Mike. Congratulations, team. brother. Way to get it done, baby. He's amazing. He does, And he just, he doesn't even recognize it in himself, like how hard he grinds and how hard he hustles. And like I said, until recently, wasn't full time in his agency and was just, killing it and then scott i know you know this team and i, I think they have some recognition um, but they're kind of the next level up they're a newer agency but they have put the pedal to the metal and they just get stuff done and again humble people that don't realize how well they do they're an easy links agency they're an sia member yep. mark and christine bailey in springfield illinois are yep. amazing amazing people and they're so gracious with their time i love them to death Jealous. yeah Jealous. just so good and they just go out they just pick up their phone and they do some video recordings and they just go out in their community and they just double down all the time. And as a husband and wife and as business owners together, they just, they do a great job. Where, hey, <laughs> hey, Kat, where are they out of again? I can't, is it Ohio? Springfield, Illinois. Illinois, that's right. Springfield, Illinois. Illinois. That's right. And then another team, and this team serves on our agency advisory council, so I know them really well, and Bradley's got to know them a little bit better. Powers Insurance, if someone ever has an opportunity to talk to Tim Davis and Bill Catman, they are an SIA master agency and they run a great retail agency, just like Jack and the Herpic team does. They run a great retail agency that grew like crazy. They were a good team. And they and where, are they where are they based out of? St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. So what are some um, of the things like, what do you see the, all these folks are doing what you said? Like they're, they're taking action and they're not taking no for an answer and that sort of thing? They don't take no for an answer. And, and I mean, like Powers, they did huge things. Like they, they came to agency Zoom and they grew... I don't want to say 46 because I don't want to overstate the number, but I want to say they took like an established huge agency and grew at least 26% the first year they were on agency zoom and they didn't dump their whole team into it. Day one, they just did a little project, little project, mm -hmm. little, project little project. They had Bill Catman, which is their get her done guy. And is amazingly good. The powers family is amazingly good. That's a position title now at portal. Yeah, get, it her done get, guy. get it done. Get her done. <laughs> it fits um, in real well with Alabama, you know? Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that that I think you'd get a lot of applicants for that. And then same with the Baileys. Like they just went yeah. out and they said, We're good at video. We're gonna get yeah. it done. And Mike knows he's good at networking and he's good at building, saying, like, this doesn't bring me joy, this doesn't move the needle. He's really good at deciphering that real quick and saying, mm -hmm. All right, let's automate it. Get right. it done. And he just does it. He just signs in at nine o'clock at night. His sign in tags on agency zoomer got off of a regular poor guy works his butt off, but they just get it done, but they yeah. know what they want to get done and they prioritize mm -hmm. those things that they're already good at or are most necessary. Right. Kat, Kat, how often do you, and this is something I'm harping on lately, I feel like there's this like narrative in the industry that if you're a good producer at an agency, 
eventually you have to open your own agency. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the worst way to make a bunch of money. If your goal is to make a bunch of money, <laughs> like I can show you my, my K ones and my W2s. Yeah. Um, how often do you, and I, this happens to me, like how often do you meet people? And I definitely don't want to like discourage anybody from chasing their dream or whatever. Right. Or like, if you just can't breathe, if, unless you're the person calling all the shots, that's awesome. How often do you meet somebody? It's like, man, this person would be a great number two. Yeah. And would kill it as a number two and would make so much money and be so much more happier, but they're killing themselves trying to open a scratch agency with no appointments. And you know what I mean? Like, I think I see a lot of people that believe they need to be the number one and should go be the number two. If that's like your question. Yeah. Or there's people that are like their number, they are the number one, but they don't realize how quickly they need their number. Two. Yeah. That's they right. go, yeah. And they're an amazing innovator like Scott, but they don't go get their Justin Miller or they're like a Chris Paradiso. Or Clint or yep. their Jordan McKay to go be their get her done person. And then they like, they wonder why they lose the threes. Mm -hmm. in their right. Like they don't have that internal operator and then they churn through employees because they don't set the right expectations. They don't set up the right enablement so that those employees are happy. They're like, well, I had this great idea. We should do firework shops in all of, all of Alabama. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, right. that's hella cool. And then I, as like a little producer, as like the number like three tier person down, I wander around and I'm trying to go door to door to firework shops. I make it to four of them a day. I'm burning through my salary buying Roman candles. And you're working your butt off yeah. on 4th of July and New oh Year's because that's the only time they're open. Yeah, and, I, and I hate my life, you know, and I hate my life. And Scott's like, what do you mean you hate your life? Like fireworks are fun. And I'm like, yes, they are, but I hate my life. And that gap, that missing number two is why I hate my life. Yeah. And the innovator, the aspirational thinker is like, why? And I, as a number three, I can't pinpoint it either. I'm not there in my career. I'm mm -hmm. not at that point or I maybe never will be. So I think, I think that's more often it is, I think number twos can do it. And number twos are the ones that become number ones that are quiet that yeah. we don't know about like a Jack Hurtvick. They just do it. They're just quiet about it. They're just doing it. And they never have that like evangelical flair. They never yeah. have that inspiration to what they do, but they build really great relationships and really great teams. Yeah. I think it's more often that our number ones don't have their number two ready. So well, speaking let, of building let me, teams, let's, let's transition a little bit into building and running teams, but continue what you were saying, Scott. No, I was just going to say to add to that, I think that uh, one of the missing pieces of the puzzle for a lot of us out here in the, the industry, and I, I heard, um, I want to say it was Ed Milet, who was a pretty big podcaster, financial services guy, multi, multi, multi million. He's Andy Frisilla, but not a horrible person. <laughs> you said it, not me. That's funny. I like that. I heard Ed Milet talking the other day, and I think he might have been talking to one of, one of the other guys like that. And the discussion they were having was one of the problems, and I see this as a, a little bit of a pandemic in the insurance industry, is when you hire great people, and a lot of the people that you just mentioned, Kat, are just fantastic people. They're great agents. They do a great job, whether they're number one or they're number two or they're doing this or they're doing that. You have to figure out some way to give them enough rings on that ladder to keep them with the agency long term, because I have done 220 some odd episodes of the insurance guys podcast. I have can count 20, 30, 40 agents that Bradley and I have interviewed that all have the same story. I was with this agency for three, 
four, five, seven, ten years and decided one day that I was going to go out on my own. Yeah. And the common denominator to me is where they were in that agency didn't have enough rings on the ladder moving up in terms of either ownership, amount of money they could make, whatever it might be that would allow them to stay on there long-term and make the kind of money that they felt like they both needed to make to be able to retire before they're 98 years old. Or they just said, well, it's my agency. Sorry. You're not ever going to have any ownership in it. Yeah. And you're kind of, you're kind of there. You're at that, you're, yeah. you're at that spot and that's where you're going to be for the rest of your life. And it almost forces them to say, you know what? I ain't doing this for the next 30 years. I'm going to go find something else to do on right. my own and make, make more money long-term. Yeah. I think you call out that it's like a pandemic in our industry. And I think right now we're kind of sitting on the precipice of it's an infection. Yeah. And you called out, it was funny. You called out, you started at four, five, six, and you got to 10 years. Yeah. I'm going to call bullshit on that. Yeah. This infection is turning to sepsis. It's turning right. to septicemia. We talk about the lifespan and how long a millennial, which is someone 42 years old or younger now, right? they will only stay at the average job for about three years. Right. So two, our, two years and eight months is the actual. Thank you. And, and, yeah. And, there, and there's no rung, there's and, no rung and, on the ladder up here for them to get a hold of. Yeah, to say, yeah. If I stay here tw- 20 years, I'm going to retire a millionaire. I'm going to retire with ownership in this agency. Or I'm going to retire. There's yeah. another spot somewhere for me to go mm-hmm. higher than this. And yes. Gen Z is two years, two months, I believe. Wow. Okay. Even shorter. Yeah, it's, when engineering affixed to this problem, we're engineering affixed to it when it was an infection, not when we had right. septicemia. And we have, we're there. Like we are right. engineering to getting people to stay for five years or what do you do after five years? And people don't stay to five years anymore. Like it's a right. reality of it. So I want to challenge that thought with the ladder. Because right. the ladder is linear. And yep. if Bradley's butt is on the rung ahead of me and I can't get Bradley to get out of my damn way, then right. I'm also stuck. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think it should be that. To me, you should be able to put a career pant in front of somebody. Yep. And when they hit those metrics, they should get promoted. Yep. And if you say, wow, they got promoted before I was ready for them to be promoted, that is your problem as the leader, not their problem. And it's a damn good problem to have that you have people that are exceeding your expectations. Correct. So uh, even if those milestones that they earn the promotion, more responsibility, more income, whatever you're going to kind of do as their incentive, right. they unlock it. Or, or all that, all that. Now, all of the above. If they earn it sooner than you are ready to, just make sure that those points that they unlock it means you can afford to yeah. backfill it and then start engineering your process around all right, I might need to adjust this. I was $10,000 inaccurate. Again, that's our problem as leaders in our organization. That is not the employee's problem. And we should not be penalizing our employees for exceptional performance. We should not be incentivizing exceptional performance to walk out the door. So the best way we're going to tackle that head on is start to hold yourself accountable to other people's success, causing you to think back on what you're doing right or wrong that prevents you from growing. It shouldn't be rungs on a ladder because you're going to bump into each other otherwise. And then you don't have the right internal culture either. That means 
I want to celebrate Bradley, you know, if the only way that I get past Bradley when he's not moving for a year is to leapfrog him, suddenly I am going to be holding on to his pants. I'm going to be holding on to his shirt. I'm going to be yanking him down the ladder to get myself up and over him. That's not appropriate. Like that is not the right. culture you want either. Right. So don't, don't make it a ladder. Don't make it linear. Don't make it something yeah. that's inachievable. And By the way, I wear skinny jeans, so you'll pull them down real easy. So I would really appreciate it if no one does that. Hey, Kat, so, I wanna, I want, before we get off this podcast, I want to get to the getting. I want to say, hey, say something real quick. Go ahead. So I gave a talk last week to PIA of Arkansas and Memphis, and I talked about culture and a bunch of other things, mostly stuff I've done wrong. But one of the things I, I that's why I knew those stats exactly, because I looked them up on the plane ride on the way there. When you manage people from a position of, statistically this person's only going to be here two years and eight months. And by the way, for all the other groups, the boomers and every, the X and all those folks, it's like five years. It's like, it's not, it's not like it's that, that much more. Right. Right. Um, and that number is probably going down every single month. So when you manage from a position of this person's only going to be here for this long, it almost shifts your thinking of a little, at least for me, it shifts your thinking a little bit to, Hey, I'm going to build them up because I know they're not going to be here forever. And I want this to be a career advancement. I want it to be a good jumping off point. Now, if you think about that stat and your thought process is, well, I'm going to treat them like crap because they're not going to be here, but a few years anyway, you don't need to be leading people. Like you, you need to go hire you a, a, a COO and just let them do all that stuff. You know what I mean? But when you shift your, th it changes the way like, Hey, we're going to build Jimmy up and, mm -hmm. and maybe we get lucky any stays, but if not, it, it he'll at least attract other people like Jimmy, you know? Yeah. Well, I think I told, I tell everybody that like comes to work on one of my teams. One, you're working for yourself. I want you to come work here because it matters to you, but you're working for yourself. Cause if I'm out speaking at a conference, you should still be working. You are right. working for me. You are not just working for the company. We pay the bills, but you are working for yourself. What does that mean to you? Sit, mm -hmm. think, digest. Ahead, and then Greta. on top of that though, I want to call out, I am working for you too, to make you the best you can be. Correct. Correct. You, like the culmination of my career as a leader is getting you to a point that I say, I think the world of you, you are prepared and I can take you no further in your career in this time and place. And with the most blessing and the most effort I can put forth, I want you to continue on to be successful. Our old sales manager is the sales leader at Ascend. Our old customer success leader is the customer success leader at Arius Analytics. One of my best sales guys who showed up on day one because he was in my Rolodex for months and months before I ever came to HC Zoom. I called him up. I was like, Danny, time to go. Wheels up. He's like, I'll be there. He is a account executive at Wonderwrite and helping them build out their whole process. Cat is all like the Nick Saban of InsureTech. Yes, she has yes. all these other people that used to work with her working everywhere else being successful. They better be. Cause like, to me, that is, that's my job. Mm -hmm. My job is to make them successful and then to continue making them successful. And you want to mm -hmm. know why people, whether I like it or not, as someone in Columbus, Ohio, who loves Ohio state, you want to know why people go to Alabama it's to be on Nick Saban's goddamn team. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, because they know you get to that next level being there. Yep. And yes, that serves me as well. Yeah. But it better serve them too. Like they got to the NFL. They get relationships with you guys. Like you take your people to the next level and they take you to the next yeah. level. Yeah. Correct. Well, you said something a second ago too that I want to touch on that's been on my mind. Like 
you said, don't forget when you're at a conference, you're still working. It's, it's And it's like, people think that like culture, a good culture means people run all over you. And it's like th wow. that whole thing, you know, like I had a, a snowflake on Instagram last week, try to tell me that accountability is toxic. Cause I did a video with Hanley about holding people account. Like basically, I basically said, we give people unlimited time off, but we also hold them accountable. Like that's, yeah. and, oh, this is so toxic. And I'm like, at some point, like you understand that if business doesn't happen, you don't get paid, right? Like nobody has a job. Right. So right. It, it, okay. Okay. Fine. You don't, okay. You don't want me to hold you accountable. Okay. Well, you obviously don't want a very high paying job. Right. Well, I think there's something to be said about like, as a leader, you're a custodian of yeah. the business and of your people. And you have to put the business first to pay the people. So mm -hmm. my sales team has goals and they set their own goals. They set how many calls a day they make. They set what they want to make on commission. They know the structure that, and I give them the numbers. I say, based on how you did last month, you're going to have to make 10 more calls a day to hit your numbers, yeah. or you're going to have to get better at this. What do you want to do? You want to make more calls or you want to sit through a class, work through this with me, practice this with me, role play this over and over and over again with me. And some of the guys say, I will get more calls in. Some of the, some of the girls will say, I want to practice this skill. It varies. But again, you need to have that flexible leadership style and it needs to be mm -hmm. focused on their success first and foremost. And that success cannot be achieved without accountability mm -hmm. because, you know, like a goal is just a wish if you don't have any actual metrics behind it. Like you have to have a process in place and that's accountability. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect every day. I think we all say it all the time. You know, we're I, not perfect. I don't do but that. at the same time, you know, we're also not saying to micromanage people either no, no, you know no. i had a, an interview in here yesterday and and i and i told the person i was like you know here's here's the metrics which i go by right mm -hmm. if you have to because we were talking about work from home because we we're hybrid if people want to work from home they can if they don't that you know whatever i tend to like to be at the office and people kind of follow my lead but you know all these agency owners like how are you ensuring that people are working while they're working from home i'm like there should only at least in my mind there should only be three metrics which you judge people by as far as work are they getting their job done? Are they a good person? Are they a good teammate? Yep. Now, are they getting your job done? That could be a number of calls. It could be sales. It could, you know, there's different metrics yep. within that, but like, what else are they here for? Like, do you really care that they're doing laundry at 415? Right. Do, do you, you really care? care? As long as they're getting their job done, like, do you right. really care? Yeah. Like what is worse to you that I come into the office and I take an extensive dump to scroll Instagram right? <laughs> or that I, that's the title of the episode, taking an extensive dump yeah. <laughs> with, <laughs> or with cat. that I work at home and I walk upstairs and throw my laundry in 10 minutes yeah. is 10 minutes is 10 minutes. If I'm doing my job and my job isn't to sit there and answer the phone where I need to be available, 10, it's 10 minutes. Like who cares? Well, it's kind of like, I know of agencies, literally, I know of agencies that have bathroom logs and you have to sign in when you go to the bathroom. What? I know of, I know, I know of an agency that does that. Oh my God. Uh, it's nobody that anybody listening to this knows. And, but I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking like, okay, in my mind, that person who has to sign a log and, and it, it, a bathroom is an extreme example. Let's say it's a cell phone policy or it's right. a time off or whatever. Do you really like that person in my mind, if they have to do that? they're literally going to do the bare minimum. They're going to yeah. clock in. They're going to do exactly what they need to well, do. They're, they're gone. Back. They're going to be gone. Oh, they're gone. And they're going to be gone. Gonna, they they gonna, will not stay. If you're doing all that yeah. shit, you just yeah. mentioned Bradley. I yeah. can promise you 99% yeah. of people will get them a bait of that. Right. 
and they're going to be gone. Still, or yeah, or it's, it's this narrative of like, we can pay people really good, but we're going to treat them like crap, you know? Right. But I think if you open up your mind a little bit and it's like, hey, I'm not going to worry about all this small stuff. Right. I think you'll get better production out of people. And I don't mean sales, like depending on what their job is, they're going to be more productive, you know? But it's like, it's also a burden on you. Like yeah. I was telling somebody yesterday, it's like, when portal first opened, we did have, we used timestation.com and people clocked in and clocked out. The reason we went from that to salary was because I was tired of keeping up with it. Same. We like, did it. it was like, I, I was wasting brain space on like, Oh, did Johnny get here at nine or nine Oh one, you know? And then they're going to forget to clock in every single time. And you're going to feel obligated to give them the hours, even though, like it, it turns into this whole thing, you know, it, it is a balancing act as a leader of your organization, it's a balancing act between holding people accountable. I call it marriage truth, not dating truth. I've circled the globe talking about this. Dating truth is, oh, Cat, I don't mind. I want to go see the notebook with you at the movie theater for the third time. That's dating truth, right? Marriage truth is letting my wife look at my hemorrhoid I've got. Right? That's, date, that's, that's marriage truth. And I, I I've circled the globe talking about this. There's it also a bunch a, of people listening that are like, yep, I've done that. There is a balancing act as a leader of an organization. Don't care what you do, whether it's landscaping, Amazon, insurance, whatever, between holding people accountable and making sure they understand what their job is and being crystal clear about that. And make and then following up to make sure that the, that's getting done, which most of the time that bears itself out mm -hmm. anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. Between that and then over over going overboard. And, yeah. And but you also have to have to the use tough the conversation. You have to have the tough conversations you along do. the way too. Yeah. And that's where I see well. most that's where I see most agency owners fall short. You don't have they, tough conversations, it creates entitlement. They don't have the tough conversations, then that leads to resentment. Mm -hmm. That builds up passive aggressively towards team members. And then they don't get it out and talk about it or sit down and go over it and say, Hey, I, I just had a tough conversation with one of my people. What tough? I mean, it was just an open, honest conversation. I let her see my hemorrhoids <laughs> this week. I was about to make that joke, but you don't ever have to worry. Scott's going to make it for you. Yeah, and and, and I, I just told her, I said, Listen, listen, I wish more than anything in this world that I could send everybody that we have over here home and you could all sit on the couch and watch the view every morning in your underwear, eating Cheetos and screw around the house all day and me just pay you $200,000 a year. I wish the only I part that. of that that sounded good was the 200,000 of the Cheetos. Everything else sounded terrible. Whatever. But what I'm saying is, I wish I could do that. But unfortunately, we are a for-profit business. We are not a non-profit. This is not UNICEF. We all have a job to do. And sometimes you have to sit down with people and have tough conversations. Where it really runs off the rails is when you have a culture and people in your organization, and every agent listening to this does right now, that have sensitive people mm. working for them that when if you're not careful and you don't deliver the message the right way, guess what happens? Train runs off the track. They're mad at you. Maybe you told them the truth, but they didn't want to hear the truth. 
Yeah, I think Bradley's discipline, though, where you say there's three disciplines to this. There's your accountability. Are you doing the work we need you to do? There's your relationship with me as your leader. And there's your relationship with you as your team. Mm -hmm. If you really build a good team, sans a couple sensitive little snowflakes, little nerdy people, like if that really is the case of what you've done, you should be able to use and lean in on that third stool, you know, like Mm -hmm. third leg to your stool of your team as just as flustered with you as I am. This is not a me conversation with you. Your team notices that you Mm -hmm. go to the bathroom for much too long to scroll Instagram. And now they have to answer more calls. It is interrupting more of their day. Or you Mm -hmm. are sitting there frequently scrolling on your phone and you sit in the front of the office. You are there to welcome customers. And now this commercial lines producer has to run up front out of fear that one of his big accounts is going to walk in and you're going to still keep scrolling your phone. Like if you have really built a three-legged stool, all legs will remain on the ground. You know, one can't float. If you really built this correctly, that team accountability will engineer out truly bad people, people that are, you know, parasitic. And for people that are more sensitive, when it comes from a peer, it's different than coming from your boss. Yeah. The the, the other thing too is like, there was an agency owner I saw that posted online and, I, and I'm not hating on this person because they did what most people would do around an employee that was a horrible team member that nobody liked, was always rude, snippy to everybody. They hated being in meetings with the person. And then he let it go on so long and eventually she quit. And he was like celebrating that this person quit. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of worked out. But do you realize the message it would have sent to your other people? Yeah if you would have let that person go yeah, I'm not going to tolerate before this before they quit. Like you right. really are now backed into a corner of like, it could go in it. You could have another person pop up and do the, you know what I mean? Like you've got yeah. to, and I saved that post because I wanted to use that as an example uh, down the road. Um, yeah. You know, kind of, you know, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I, I, I can go, I can go on for days about this. Chat, we got three minutes and I got to let you go very briefly. I want to get to while you're even on this podcast today. Cause we ain't even got to why you're on this podcast today. We ain't okay. even got to talk about it. Didn't realize. Here's what the message I want you to deliver to these agency owners listening to this. I want you to give them some gold nuggets to go back and think about this afternoon when they get through with this podcast, balancing sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. balancing sales and marketing a lot of agencies are convinced you have to run an inbound shop some are convinced you got to run an outbound shop talk about that to them help them understand that balancing act i think we talked about it without realizing we did it's yeah, maybe get her done person yeah. and like if you are not if you are not good at prioritizing your get her done person has to be your number right. two has to be good at prioritizing and i don't believe there is a silver bullet on either side of the equation, inbound, outbound, sales, or marketing, there right. is not a silver bullet that fixes it all. You're gonna Bradley says that all the time. Yeah, you're you're gonna fix one thing, and it's gonna create another problem. Ideally, you don't fix something that creates a problem you're not even aware of that's gonna sneak up on you. But you do have create your list, work through your list, just like go. Th- and I don't mean list of prospects. I mean a to do list of what is most impactful, what takes right. the longest, what's highest reward. You name it. And then get it done. It's not, marketing is not complicated to start. Like I said, that one team just does videos with their local business owners. Mm-hmm. It's your cell phone. They started with their cell phone and a little gimbal. Like life is not hard. That's $50. That is not hard. That is not your barrier. 
your barrier is getting it done. You know, same taking with action. Content. What? Taking action. Yeah, yeah, taking action. It's the same with your content. You know how many people come to us and they're like, well, agency Zoom only has a little bit of content in there. I mean, you don't need a little bit of content. An inbound lead that comes from your marketing that you work so hard on, you're not talking to them right now. Anything's better than nothing. Right. And we actually look at even the best practice for an inbound lead. That email needs to be under 300 words and it has to be on a fourth to fifth grade reading level. You also have to think about the fact that if they call every other agency in your town, there's a chance 90% of them aren't going to have anything at all. Correct. Correct. They don't answer at all. So that's, that's my point is let's say you put all this effort into marketing. You've prioritized marketing. Don't complicate your sales process. Yeah. Yeah. A great sales process. You have some amazing clients. Don't complicate marketing. It's sitting right there in front of you by talking to your current clients. And the gap between doing nothing, doing something is very small. And if you don't want to do it yourself, hire a Mick Hunt to do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Bring in a consultant that's exceptional at it. Yeah. And doing it right is not as far a gap as it once was. There are so many people that share a wealth of knowledge on how to really do it right. It's not that far away. Like It's not out of reach. So uh, yeah, we probably would need our full session to like really get into how do you prioritize and we'll say have like, to do it again. Yeah. We'll do this again someday. Hey, Kat, I'm going to tell you something. We can do it again at 12. <laughs> yeah. We can do it at 12 o'clock when Bradley told me I was supposed to be on the podcast. I'm 11. Kat, I'm going to tell you something. I'm concerned. You are a bright shining star in this industry. Aww. And every man, woman, and child listening to this podcast needs to get to know you on a personal level. And I'm not talking about from the agency Zoom standpoint. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about somebody in this industry, you, that can help them. I truly believe you are one of the brightest shining stars that we have in this industry. And we are all very lucky. And I, I told you in some conversations we had, you know, uh, six, seven, eight months ago, I said, shit, you're the last person I'm worried about. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're one of those people that, I mean, it, it wouldn't matter. It's, you're going to be okay because you are such a bright, shining star. And I'm, I just, uh, your future is so bright. And um, we're just lucky to have, all of us are lucky to have you. But if you're an agency owner out there and you're struggling with a lot of what we talked about today, or maybe you just need help with automations and things uh, that Cat does on a day-to-day basis, I, I would pick up the phone or an email and call. How, how can they reach you, Cat? If somebody wants to reach out to you via email, how could they get to you? That that's good. No, I used to give out my cell phone number. Nah, no, we don't do that. Okay, you're fe- you're a female. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm too afraid <laughs> with the reach of your guys' podcast to give out my cell phone here just for bandwidth. Um, my email is kturnes, K-T-E-R-N-E-S, at vertifor.com. I am finally very good at reading it, even now through the podcast. I only have like 20 emails, so I'm like caught up. I'm back to inbox zero life and very proud of it. Yep. Um, and if we actually get talking, I mean, you guys asked, like, you know, best agency that's not well known. So this isn't like just some flash and fun, like best agency that's not well known that I talk to a lot. And I gave you three of them. And like I said, one guy's like all by himself. One team is crazy large. I just moved an agency that's a $500 million agency from Salesforce to agency Zoom. And they do have my cell phone. Like I am. I hope. Yeah, yeah. I guess they I guess they really should. But all of these people have my cell phone. And as long as you're not Bradley Flowers, who texts me to be on a podcast at noon, yells at me about needing my bio, and then (sighs) makes me get on the podcast an hour early. 
That's I mean, right. Two weeks ago, that. Scott screwed the intro up. This week, I screwed up the scheduling. There's first time for everything. That's right. No problem. Yeah. Hey, Bradley, before we end, I'm down at the uh, AC conference and mm-hmm. this vendor's down there and he walks up to me. Oh, well, you need to be doing business with us. We need to do business together. And he hands me this card, this card right here. And he says, we've got a podcast and that, and he has no idea who I am. We have a podcast. We've had 300,000 downloads. And I said, that is so cute. (laughs) (laughs) What podcast is, well, no, let's don't do that. Don't do that. that Scott's showing us the card and it's zooming in and out on the background. Bad enough. Don't do that. We've got 300. We've had 300,000 downloads. I was like, that is so cute. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. (laughs) Guys. Hey, I want cat. I want to say thank you. We love you very, very much. Uh, You've done so much for us. And when I say us, I mean the industry and our agency and Bradley's agency and other agents that are listening to this right now. Thank you. Thank you guys. I say it over and over again. Like I wouldn't be, who I am or where I am today without the teams that I work with. Like it's, I have lived a hundred lives over in sales and marketing at this point because I relive a little portion of like a life with each of you guys. So it is like a very like shared, proud, like appreciative point that I come from. And I just want to keep getting to give back and like work with teams on that. So thank thank you for saying that guys, as I end every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go build an army. You want to be a $100 million agency? Go build an army. It's what it takes. Unfortunately, that also takes great leadership. It takes great number twos. It takes great number threes. It takes great service people. It takes having a lot of critical thinking skills. Somebody's got to be a visionary. Somebody's got to put all that shit in practice. That's just what, this is what you got to do. Go build an army today. You cannot sit in an office by yourself with the lady that was your high school lunchroom lady answering the phones and build a hundred million dollar agency. It will not happen. You got to build an army, go make money for your husband, for your wife, for your kids, college fund, for your parents out there that are struggling, go make money for them today. Figure out what your why is. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's, you want to have a $600,000 boat down in orange beach or whether you want to, you know, go give every $100 million to the Catholic Church. Doesn't matter. Figure that out and go out there and make money for your family. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, man. Thanks, Cap. Thank you, guys. Cap, we love you very, very much. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family and we'll see you back here real soon take care thanks for listening to the insurance guys podcast if you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with scott you can always reach me at the insurance or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. We thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.